Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. everyone i'm rachel i'm isaac and welcome back to let's talk avatar and today we're and today like i've already said something today we're going to be talking about episodes five and six of the legend of korra these episodes we're excited to talk about because they are very action-packed they're the episodes that make you want to keep on watching yes so um oh sorry go on but um, it's like the beginning of the love triangle arc, I would say. Definitely. But we're just going to hop right into it today. We're starting with episode five, which is titled The Spirit of Competition, which is appropriate when we're talking about love triangles and pro-bending. So we're just going to summarize this real quick. So Mako has now started dating Asami and Korra hates it because you know, we all know Korra has a crush on Mako and Mako kind of feels the same way about Korra, but he likes Asami. That's the love triangle there. And Bolin likes Korra. So at the beginning of this episode, the fire ferrets are doing really well. They have very good chemistry. And then drama takes place. Um, Mako and Korra end up getting in an argument because, you know, the love triangle situation. And then Bolin saves the day. So they end up advancing to the finals and then Mako and Korra well Korra ends up dating Mako for never mind Korra ends up going on a date with Bolin it's so complicated it it really is Korra's looking at it as like we're friends let's hang out and Bolin's like I want to be with you girl hook it up yeah but then Korra's also leading both of them on yeah it's really weird like obviously it's confusing it's not confusing if you watch it happen it's confusing explaining it but anyway this drama goes on mako and Korra end up kissing and bolin sees which causes drama in in between them because they're a team and now their chemistry is completely thrown off because they're all mad at each other and Korra ends up saving the day which leads to them advancing to the fine no yeah yeah, that's the one that causes... Yeah, Korra ends up winning, so they advance to the finals to play the Wolf Bats. The competition before what that Bolin was, it was like leading them to the, like the semifinals or something like that. I don't even... <laughs> it's a very good episode. Like, the pro-bending, the animation is amazing. It's entertaining. And that part of it's good. I mean, the love triangle is entertaining if you're into that. It just, in my opinion... Oh, we talked about this with our friend Jackie today... It's just they didn't execute the love triangle in a good way. Yeah, and Jackie brought up a good point. There's only so much time they had to add that in there. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess Mike and Brian had always wanted to do a love triangle with those characters. So, you know, between seasons, where are you going to fit that in? Yeah, very true. It just sucks, though, because as I feel like as a viewer, I'm torn because I want Korra and Mako to be together. But their relationship is actually pretty toxic. Like, they argue all the time. And to me, at first, you watch it and you're like, oh, they're just like an old married couple, whatever. But it's pretty toxic, you know? And Mock goes over here, like, two-timing these girls. And then Cora's causing drama between these brothers. And it's just like, stop. First of all, you're the Avatar. 
how do you even know how to socialize with people? You've been trapped in like, the <laughs> North Pole or something this entire time. Can we talk about how dry Mako's personality is? Like, yeah. he's just angry for the sake of being angry and, like, an angsty... Teenager. Teenager. Yeah. I think his character, like, the way they drew him, I think they made him a very, like, attractive character, but his personality just lacks. Because he's such, like, um... Don't get me <sighs> wrong. He's, like, super... He's, I feel like, just as powerful as Korra if he, like, knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I love his design and his costume and all that. Um, I just feel like they were like, okay, well, we got all this right. We can, like half-ass the like we, we just need a really like angsty teenager in this group yeah because we all agree bolin's like the sock of the group he's a comedic relief so you don't really look to bolin for seriousness but mako it's like full seriousness all the time you know i mean he has his moments i guess but it's but still it's just very like, few and far between <laughs> yeah definitely and it's really strange because if you really look at the timeline, they just met a week ago and they're already trying to like get with each other. And it's like, calm down. You've only known each other for a week. Well, but then not... again, Asami hit him with her car and that same night they went True. out to dinner and now they're dating. I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a show. They only had this season to progress things along. They weren't sure where it was going to go after this, you know, but still I'm just like... The love triangle is just kind of like, bleh. I will say, though, knowing where Korra and Asami end up in the end of this series and watching these episodes back, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to wait till the end of the series to talk about that. <laughs> but that's that. like the only time it, I I can understand. Now it. that you know how it ends, yeah. It, I mean, you can make sense out of it now, but when you watch it the first, when you watch it not knowing that, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. When, you know, but when you understand how it's going to end, then you can pick pieces together and be like, hey, I guess I could see that. That's all I really have for this episode. It, it's It was entertaining. The pro-bending, Isaac and I have said multiple times, we absolutely love. I'd watch a whole series of pro-bending. I'd watch a whole series of yeah. just them being friends together. Like I feel like the pro-bending was so short and sweet, but I feel like if they were to drag it out, maybe it wouldn't be as good. You know what I mean? Like maybe Yeah, we would was, probably was, get tired of it in a way. Yeah, maybe it was like the reason why it feels so good is because it was so short but so good at the same time or like i don't know how to explain it like yeah well when you, we get so many action-packed moments like at the end of that episode when cora takes them all down with like that one slice of water and she ends up winning it for the him. animation yeah amazing okay we're gonna hop into episode six because i have a lot to say about this one this is this is one of those episodes that seem to be a lot longer than all the rest yeah it's like you think there it's like multiple episodes in one yeah that's what it feels like this one is called, and the winner is, dot, dot, dot. Fucking so, wolf bats. <laughs> this episode starts with, well, okay, so the other one ending, they've all kind of forgiven themselves and moved on. They're like, okay, we're, we're friends. We need to work together. Let's just get past this love triangle thing, right? That's where they are now. So they've been training, practicing, and Amon, once again, when they're training, interrupts the radio saying that if they okay all you think about is our last podcast we like get that off the airway um aman interrupts the radio station pretty much saying hey if you don't cancel the fine the pro bending finals tonight i will attack pro bending is canceled yeah he's trying to cancel pro bending 
and Cora Which we are Mako. not about. Yeah. We will cancel Amon. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, that's what Cora, Mako, and Bolin have been trying to do this whole time. Um, this whole time? Seems like they're having pretty fun pro Love triangles. <laughs> um, they run to the, the courthouse or the, the city hall and they're like, Hey, yo, you can't cancel pro-bending. If you do, then all of these people are going to be let down. You're going to let Amon win. And then you have Tarlock there that's like, I'm not going to risk your guys' safety. And Tenzin's definitely like that. He's like... No, we cannot allow this to go on. Okay, so when I watch these episodes back and I look at the way just Tarlac... Tarlac? Tarlac. <laughs> Tarlac? I, just, I just look at the way that Tarlac like, carries himself and talks to them. It's so obviously manipulative. It is so condescending to everyone and manipulative. It is, is so obvious manipulative even right? to Tenzin right yeah like, everyone does no he one talks else see to, that no everyone he talks to it is clearly manipulative like he is the epitome of someone who manipulates people you know anyway they're trying to stop them from canceling this first of all they work so hard I get that but it's also like okay what about the safety of the people watching yeah but Lin Beifong shows up and she's like no don't cancel it I'll bring extra security I will be responsible for everyone there and so Tarlock is like fine if you're going to be responsible then go ahead and do it so they go ahead and it's now the fire ferrets against the wolf bats and these wolf bats are have paid off the referees so they're winning by default, pretty much, because they're being allowed to do all these illegal moves within the game. Like crushing rocks and putting them in water and then shooting that like at headshots. Cora. Yeah. There's that, there's that cool moment where they have to do a coin toss and it's the water bender. So it's Cora and um, what's his name? Kano or Tano? Tano. <laughs> Tano. Like, he drives already? me crazy. But anyway, it she I... ends up fighting him and yeah. she wins. And so they win the they win that round. Yeah, but then he immediately gets revenge and I'm like, yeah. "Really?" Anyway, they end up winning out of uh, because they cheated. They cheated. But it doesn't really even matter because Amon shows up like he said he would and Tenzin and um Lin okay. automatically get electrocuted. Um, favorite it's like top five favorite scenes in Korra ever for me is this scene. Um, so before the pro bending started, the like championship game, Lynn and all of her people are like scouting the area and making sure no one's there. But what they don't realize is Amon's plan was to have people come in, random citizens, you think they are, with like sneak in their gloves mm-hmm. so then they can electrocute people during the game. Which is just crazy. Like, how do you it's think of that? It's creepy. It's brilliant, but it's creepy. Yeah. And that's how it... That's how... I mean, they, he doesn't only have these people hidden within the audience, but then they break in to the actual stadium. So all of these people, all the all the officers, um, Tenzin, Lin, are at this point, they've been electrocuted. But it's like Cora? the storyboarding is so good. Like the slow-mo and it shows the people in the audience like lifting up their mask and it's just like oh it gives you that sense of fear like it does instill in you that like oh this isn't good they did such an amazing job at doing that the music and it's like the slow build you know what i really okay i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna finish summarizing and then i'm going to say this um cora mako and bolin are in the water at this point they get electrocuted how they don't die i don't know um 
but Amon has at that point taken over the main stage where the wolf bats are, takes away their bending, and then is pretty much like, I will fully like equalize the entire world. That's his that's his goal. And then he ends up lifting up and Lynn has woken up. Korra has escaped because Pabu's chewed the cord that they were tied up in. <laughs> and then it's uh, pretty much a fight scene of Lynn and Korra fighting Amon's henchmen. But before that, they literally blew up the pro-bending stage yeah. with a huge bomb. Mm-hmm. Or explosion, at least. Like, yeah, they're they, literal terrorists. They, they <laughs> annihilated that stadium, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Cora and Lynn end up fighting, and then at the end of it, they just get away. Like, Amon and his crew get away. They put up a good fight, though. I, okay, the I, chemistry between Cora and Lynn Bayfong. So good. It's when, like they, it's like a telepathy kind of thing. Like, they don't even have to communicate. They just know what to do. Yeah, they're like, okay, so when they get out of the water, or they get uh, untied by Pabu, and Cora like, goes on the water, and she's like, I'm gonna go get Amon. Mm-hmm. And she goes in the water to get, like, power and then shoots up. But it's not enough power to get all the way up past the stadium into, like, his airship. And then Lynn notices, catches her with her little, like, coil, metal coil. And then does this cool, like, swing around thing where she yanks her into the air even more. And it's just, like, dang. And the music playing. And it's and just animation, so all good. The, it is amazing. It gives me goosebumps. You know what I think I really, I really like about this episode is the exchange between Tenzin and Lin is there's a moment where they're watching Korra play and Lin's like how was your like sweet tempered father reincarnated into that girl yeah she is such like an attitude about her you know she said she's tough as nail yeah and then Tenzin's like yeah reminds me of someone I knew when I was younger implying Lin Beifong they did that so perfectly because that happened that that dialogue happened right before this scene yeah, literally, like right before, and then you 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 begin to see Lin Beifong's and um, Cora's relationship start right there. You know, like you start to see them work together, and it works it works out really well. I mean, although Amon ends up getting away, like it's still a good battle. You know, they still put up a good fight, and I mean, how much can you really do? That's what that's what I wanted to say. They did such an amazing job with Amon as a, a villain right here because. They give him victories. You know how you watch some television so- shows and it's always the good guy winning all the time. And it's like, okay, this well, isn't they give realistic. Victories, but it's not like big victories no, like this. Small- like Amon took away the championship. Pretty much has taken away already everything that means to Korra minus like her, her friends and family, right? Like all of her interests gone. Mm-hmm. And now she just has to fear about him even more. Yeah. Well, and not only that, you feel you yourself as a viewer. A viewer feel scared you're like what's going to happen like is she gonna actually be able to take him down because look at how easy it was for them to take down Tenzin and Beifong you know like you feel scared for a moment you're like what's gonna happen next how are they ever going to defeat this guy he's always one up on them I will say the writing isn't the best like when you compare um, Avatar The Last Airbender to Korra but at least for me, season one, I feel like they do such a good job at writing. They're really good at um, the the easy writing techniques. They're so good at it to where it makes you want to keep watching. Like we were just mm-hmm. talking when Lynn has that dialogue with Tenzin right before that scene. It's like, you know. It's like a foreshadowing. 
almost. Yeah, but it's like perfectly placed there and the dialogue makes sense. It's not out of place. It's not forced, but it it's still kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're really good at that easy writing techniques they can just put in there. And it's just like, I guess, satisfying. Like the payoff is so good afterwards. Yeah. Well, it's. I, I guess at this point, it's it's very satisfying because we haven't really seen that much of Beifong. And you're interested because you're like, hey, you're Toph's daughter. I'm really interested in the type of person you are. And the only side of her you've seen is kind of like an a-hole, you know? <laughs> Not kind of. Absolutely an a-hole. So it's really cool to see her start to interact with Team Avatar, I guess you can say. Because I would consider Tenzin part of that in a mm-hmm. way. And... Yeah, so this these episodes were just very... The, episode 6 was definitely action-packed. If you have not seen it, again, if you've not seen any of Legend of Korra and you're watch, listening to this, just go watch it. It's worth it. It's really hard for me. I, I have to admit, you guys, I've been trying to resist watching, but I've already seen all of season 1. I watched after we recorded last week because I could not stop watching. I had to see how it finished. It's It has been a little bit since I've seen it and so I just was like oh it felt good it gave me the satisfaction I wanted you guys know at the end of Korra season one it's just a good moment there and I can't wait to talk about it I'm sorry I haven't watched any further though I mean I've watched season one but I refuse to watch season two till we get there because I don't want to bog my mind down I guess because it's already hard not to just go full force with it who is your favorite character at the end of season? I was going to ask you that. Our season? Episode season six? six? Yeah, there's two secret seasons you guys probably don't know about. Um, directed by us. That'd you? be the worst season um, ever. Beifong. Same. I, yeah, definitely, definitely her. Because they do a really good job of making you start to care for her, you know? So she's a character that you're like, wow. She's actually not as bad as I thought, and I'm really interested in her backstory, you know? I'm going to say a close second for me on the villain side of things, or like just the random character, would be Tarlock. Tarlock. Because I love characters that you instantly hate. I love how the writers can instantly make you like think I don't like this person. Yeah. And for that, I like that character because it's it's perfect for Korra to face that type of person. Like, you know, she's already dealing with a lot, and they're like, oh, let's just add this guy in there who you can't get rid of easily because he's literally part of the Council of Republic City, and he's an a hole, and he's going to make your life even more hell in the coming episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love how they can, they're like, here's the real threat, but this is what Korra's dealing with daily. Yeah, that's very true. Like, Amon's not really tangible for Korra, but right now it's Tarlock. Yeah. And he's going to make he, your life hell before you even get to Amon. And she doesn't really even understand what's wrong with him yet. You yeah, know, like she she's doesn't not, know his motives. She yeah. knows there's motives, but she doesn't know. So it's making her even more stressed, fearful again. Yeah. So it's just like perfect on the writer's part to be like, we need this character. Like imagine this season without Tarlock. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he has to be there. He adds to it for a good reason, you know? All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Follow us on our Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. We are trying to do more giveaways. So if you're interested, check us out there. You want to add anything? I think we're good. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right guys as always we appreciate you we love you have a great rest of the week and we will see you next week with another episode another episode of let's talk avatar <laughs> bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.